Uh, welcome back to Baskin and Phelps. Kevin Stefanski's press conference coming up 1230, the expected time. I wonder what he's going to talk about. We'll find out at 1230, and then we'll talk all about it with Tyvis Powell, 1 o'clock, Browns Radio Network. Guardians are in New York tonight. Jamison Tyone pitching for the Yankees. He has not pitched in the series. He has been very good uh, for the, the, the Yankees this year. We'll see what he can do. He, he did pitch, I'm sorry, in the 4-2 uh, to two game. They got to him a little bit. He starts tonight. Bullpen game, maybe, Andy. He goes, I mean, he hasn't started in the series. So he goes, we see what he gets. 14-5 and five in the regular season. Okay. Can you get to him? Last start he made was uh, against Texas in the playoffs. He went six, gave up four earned. If he does that tonight, I think that our team would be hard-pressed to win the game. So if our team gets four runs, do you think, is this a game where yeah, we can win with the G-men are going to have to score five, six, seven runs? Or do you think it's going to be a two, three-run game? Like it's three to two, it's two to one. I, I, we could see more runs tonight than I think we've seen in any other game in the series, don't you? I, I just don't think the pitching's there for either team that you normally would. I mean, you, both teams are essentially looking at, I think, a bullpen game tonight. I, Dan, would you agree or disagree with me on that? That this could be, if, if Savali doesn't do what he needs to do, that you can quickly turn to the bullpen, which is rested from the last couple of days here. I, I do think the, that um, if we have patience at the plate, we're, we're not going to – I think we can be successful tonight. I'm not – and normally I would come at this game like as a fan, like, I don't know, man, I don't, I don't feel real good about this game. And, but I just think if we play the kind of game that they've played over the last two months, they, they have a golden opportunity to pick up a victory tonight. Dan, am I in the right thinking as you or no? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how this series has played out mm -hmm. is the minute you can get into the Yankee bullpen, you've seen what's happened. Once it's you been, get past a little shaky, once you get past Loisica, once you've even beaten up on Trevino a little bit, who's been a big one for them. Wandy Peralta has been really good outside of that, guys. It's been shaky coming out of that pen. It is really banged up. And this is one of those games where both starters are going to be on a ridiculously short leash. I mean, it's going to be one of those you can see Savali get two on in the third, and they're pulling them. And it's just due to the fact that it's, it's do or go home. You know, it's it's that simple, and we can't let any more runs in. So I would expect that through both teams. The difference is that the Guardian bullpen is way deeper than what you're going to see out of the Yanks. I mean, you're going to see Nestor Cortez on three days rest. We'll see what that looks like. Yeah. But I would trust the Guardian pen over that Yankee pen in a heartbeat. The Guardian's pen is rested. Uh, Terry Francona did a nice job of using other guys last night. And was it to the detriment of the team? I don't think so. I, I think they they had a chance to win that game last night. They just lost a good baseball game. That's what that was. And if Aaron Savali can go out, Andy, and give up. Well, if Savali can go five, congratulations. I, I think I think it's a great opportunity for this team if Savali can go five innings. Yeah, what's our bullpen giving up two runs in this series? Just two, right? I, I is it two, two or, or is it one? Well, I know it was one. But I, mean, I just I look at tonight's game. I mean, you're going to – their starters, a guy that is going to give up four runs. The question is, can you score four runs against him, and do you need the fifth run to get the, the win? And I think if they can knock – if they can get to the fourth run, you're going you're gonna to knock them out. I, the, the, the bigger question is, how far do you let Savali go? How many runs? Is two runs early knock him out? How I, many runs can he give up before you knock him out, before you take out your own starter? Is it two, three? And I guess it depends on when it happens, too, right? I don't even know if it's runs, Andy. I think it's hard-hit balls. 
I tend to agree with you on that. I do. I do. I think you're right. It is hard hit balls. Walks and hard hit balls. If he's walking guys and guys are getting a good, you know, getting hitting the ball really hard off of him, even if it's not letting up runs, you're getting people up in the pen. He hasn't pitched since October 5th, Kansas City. And he pitched really well in that Hasn't game. pitched in the postseason. Are you concerned about that? Did he? Uh, well, I'm sure he's had bullpen days. Don't you think he's yeah, threw that's, in the bullpen? Yes, that's, though that's important, it's not like pitching in a game. And he's not pitched in the postseason. I mean, you're so not – You everyone else looks Does ready. Would you rather start a bullpen guy? Would you rather bring no, Bieber I, back on super short rest? I, I think Savali's done a nice job. You know, he – he obviously was dinged up this year, was, mm-hmm. was back and forth, back and forth. Uh, the Guardians won his last four starts. That's what I think you have to look at. Will your starting pitcher give you a chance to win the game? And Savali has done that his last four times out. Heck, you could say he's done it his last five times out. Against Seattle, His back in August, he gave up four runs and six and a third. You have a little bit of offense, you, you can win. I don't if you have a flat if you flatline this and look at okay, what do they have available for pitching tonight and what do we have available for pitching tonight? It's advantage guardians. Yes, it is. And I don't think that that's I don't I don't even know that that's even questionable. So I, I don't I feel good. If they can you know, the hard part is you gotta string together five hits. We're not getting home runs. You know, when we do, they're they always seem like they're a solo shot. Denise. So you think yeah. Denise is in Cleveland? Hi, Denise. Hi, Denise. Hi, guys. How you doing this morning? We're good. We're all right. I- I'm mildly optimistic about our baseball team tonight. Listen, yesterday was not a good day all around. So, that is you true. know, this guy, but we live in Cleveland. We can we can deal with this. Listen, my thing about the Guardians is when they first started at the beginning of the season, nobody gave them a chance to even get a ride home. And these guys played and played, and they played tough all year, and they've earned the respect now that you hear people giving them. I think that, our, like you said, our bullpen is what has brought us through the year. And plus, and just another little tidbit here. Through the year, the Indians, I'm sorry, the Guardians, have done better on the road in series than we did at home a few times. You know, we went to Kansas City, we went to Minnesota, we went to Chicago, and basically swept or at least got two out of those three. So they play well on the road. So that's not the part that concerns me at all. I'm with you. I think we got a great shot to win this game tonight because those guys play with no fear anyway. Thank you, Thank you. That was well said. That's the thing. It's the Yankees, Yankee Stadium, Aaron Judge, you know, all all of the mystique and all that stuff. But our team has just played pretty good baseball. When it, when our it, it's still stunning to me, Andy. They had 15 hits in Game Three. That's <laughs> pretty cool. 15 hits, strung them together. That's what we talked about. How do you play in the regular season? That's how they played. You know. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I normally I would be like, oh man, we got to go back to New York for Game Five. I don't feel good about this. I kind of just don't feel like it's not. I don't feel good, but I don't feel bad about tonight's game either. You're gonna go play a game and just go play. Yeah. I mean, you're young and no one cares. And if you, I mean, I mean, we all care. But I'm just saying that just play carefree, like you have all year. And they did. They, I thought they played carefree the other night. That you know, should they have won on Saturday? Historically, you would have. The answer would have been like, there's no way that's gonna happen. But now. Um, you know, I, I just, I believe in these guys and if they don't accomplish it, it's okay. But I do think they can, I think they can beat the Yankees. All the pressures on New York. And if we could score first and grab a couple runs early and grab a lead, man, do you want to see things get tight in New York? 
You know, how, man, will they get tight? You know what backs up exactly what you just said? Where, okay, if they win, great. If they don't win, great. That's my feeling. If they win it, I'm thinking that's awesome. This team's going to the ALCS. Are you kidding? After what everybody thought about this team, and if they don't win tonight, no matter how they lose this game, if they lose this game, it would be, man, what a great season this was. This team overachieved. They put itself on the track to move forward the right way. I mean, we, we've discovered players that you can move forward with here in a season that started, and no disrespect to these guys, with Bobby Bradley and Yu Chang exactly. and Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado. And we're thinking, really? We're, we're going to roll those guys out there again? And we immediately said, Andy, on our show, hey, let's sort through these guys. Let's see who works, who doesn't work. They sorted through them pretty quickly. Hey, Dan, is Aaron Boone in trouble if we win tonight? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Do you want to ask me if he's in trouble if uh, the Yankees win tonight? Because the answer is yes. He's in trouble either way? Yes. I like Booney. I think he's a good dude. We have a we're, – we're biased. We're friends with him, though. We're biased. We liked him when he was here. Uh, we I, we're not friends. I'm not friends with him. You might be friends with him. All I know is that he I mean, was, it's not like I'm calling him up and saying, hey, a, B, what's right. up? But I think if he saw me, he'd be like, A.B. I'd be like, A.B., what's he up? He was a delight. Yeah, it was great was to here. work with. He was a great guy. Especially when you think about, like, uh, I mean, his family and his family's impact yeah. on the game. I mean, we, we have two managers that have families that have had huge impacts on the game. He couldn't have been a better pro when he was with the Indians as a player. He was outstanding. J.J.'s in Cleveland. Hey, J.J. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. How y'all doing? Well, hey, thank you. Um, I just want to piggyback off, off what I've been hearing a little bit. You know, at the beginning of the season, I didn't – I was like everybody else. All right, it's just another Guardian season, you know. We're going to be, you know, just watching games. But those guys came out and played their butt off. And as far as I'm concerned, win or lose, I'm looking forward to next season. Either way it go. You know what I'm saying? You give us something good to look forward to. Gave us a break from the Browns. Still giving us a break from the Browns. Um, I think they got a good chance. I think it's maybe like 50-50 chance tonight, you know, which is which is a plus to me. That's kind of what and we were saying, too. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. as far as the Browns go, oh, the defense is, you know, I thought that was going to be our strong point. Me, too. Outside of the running game, yeah. clearly I was wrong. I think every right along with everybody else, even the defense, JOK, he looked lost. On every play that I watch, he's out there. Maybe one of the two where he's blitzing, you know. But if he got to cover somebody, he is in trouble. And I thought he would be a real, like a bright spot, you know. But hopefully it's just that sophomore slump he's going through. And, uh, you know, I ain't, I would like to see Dobbs. Like, enough is enough already. You know, I don't think he can do no worse than what we've got from Jacoby. You know, three turnovers yesterday on top of a muff punt, four turnovers in the game yesterday. Can we see the rookie, or he's not a rookie, but can we see Dobbs, please? And that's about it, y'all. Y'all enjoy y'all Monday. All thank right, you. JJ, thank you. 12-13. I, I wrote it down. I was wondering how long it would take for a Dobbs phone call. Four turnovers yesterday led to 24 New England Patriot points. Directly. Yes. They turned four turnovers into 24 points. L let me see. Recipe for disaster. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Look at that. Right there in front of you. It's right there, yeah, written down. Richard, you've got about uh, 45 seconds, buddy. 
I'll be real quick. Uh, first of all, I'm a big listener fan. You're fair and balanced, and it's the first time I've called. My oh, things are you. one is I agree with Andy totally about Costas. No doubt about it. Terrible play by playing this Yankee uh, game. I didn't say it was terrible. We, no, no, no. I only got 40 seconds. Go ahead. We should have played. <laughs> uh, should have started Dobbs to throw off uh, Belichick. He's much more uh, agile, and he would have created more problems uh, for their defense. The other thing is Jimmy and D. If you're listening to the show, and you should be. Get Eric Mangini back. He'll be uh, Belichick for you, and he's only 51 years old. Pay him what's her name. Hey, guess what? You want to hear a good one? He doesn't even have to move to do it. He's still here. That's right. And one last thing, but this is for um, about cruise in. I know Jeff did that show. Is there any? How do you go about getting uh, an episode of a show? A friend of mine had his car on there, and I wanted to get the episode for him. Gosh, Richard, I do not know. I uh, was one of the co-creators of that show, and early on and don't do it anymore but i appreciate it thank you very much enjoyed that though it was a lot of fun baskin's looking at me laughing <laughs> kevin stefanski's press conference coming up at 12 30 12 30 what's kevin going to say all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. A lot of people screaming about the defense and everything else and blah, 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 and Kevin should do this and he shouldn't do that. The the cries for change, Andy, in coaching structure, coaching staff, whatever, just seem to be growing every game rather than diminishing. And the hope was they would diminish. Well, I know how to fix that. How? Just win. Oh. How about have a good game plan? That's my thought, yeah. How about run the ball? <laughs> I mean – why is it that everybody on the outside is looking at this team going, oh, here we go again, coaches who think they're the smartest guys in the world and they're going to redefine the game and they're going to figure out a new way to do this? I still, I like, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, okay, I'm sure Bill Belichick had a game plan to shut Nick Chubb down. And I don't know if it would have worked or not, but they could have run the, they could have tried to run him a little bit more. I, I just, I don't understand sometimes when I watch and maybe I'm not supposed to understand maybe that's my job because I'm not a professional football coach nor do I play one on TV but what I do know is I mean could everybody be wrong sometimes and we're looking at guys that just think they can outsmart the whole world I think that's part of the problem the defense needs to step up you can't give up 28 points in the second half what's going on you know the one thing they were horrible yesterday in the second half the one thing about Horrible. the D, Andy, that, that has surprised me the longer this has gone on, the number of blatantly bad plays that we've seen. You know, getting burned by some big pass plays earlier in the season, then getting just gashed by running games the last two games, then you clean up the rush defense a little bit, and that you then you have wide open wide receivers. It's like every game something glaring is wrong. You know, and it's not always the same thing. You know, the Chargers were the worst running team in the NFL coming into that game, and they went for what two thirty. 
Yeah. How does that happen? That's glaringly bad. Yesterday, Hunter Henry, glaringly open. Numerous times. Pick your receiver. Glaringly open. And, And that's the thing to me. It's not that just you're getting beat. It's not just that the other offense is putting together some good plays. It's that our defense is just glaringly bad in certain areas each game. I I couldn't believe how open some of those guys were yesterday. Jeff, they didn't address interior defensive line, and we knew that was coming. Well, we we, we we talked about it in training camp. I mean, let's be honest. We knew this was coming. So, I mean, so should we not be mad about it? I don't know. I I just, I cannot look ahead at the schedule because it just makes me fear what what is. I I mean, look at the quarterbacks they played against, and they only have two wins. And look at the quarterbacks they'll be playing against down the road, and they only have two wins. This scenario is not playing out. And I know we've said before, and I've, I've heard you say before, especially, Jeff, we're really playing for next year, aren't we? You've said that well, a couple times, or a lot. Menigan is Menigan's the guy who's been screaming that, and I'm trying not to buy it. And the more this goes on, the more I think Dan might have a point. It doesn't make any sense to play for next year when your first round draft pick is going to Houston. Well, it doesn't make any sense to play for next year when you think you have a decent defense and you've got a terrific running game. Close to forty million dollars in cap space still unspent because they want to roll it over. What do you got? Uh, telling me that. thirty-one, fourteen days left until the trade deadline. November 1st. I mean, it's not it's not over, but these next two weeks are gigantic. Next three, because you get a bye, so you'll get a chance to rest. But you got two games against the AFC North. What are you going to do? Do you want the season to end? Because you're you're trending that way. It feels that way. And do you want the heat surrounding a head coach who's either going to – it's going to be him or it's going to be his coordinators? I mean, that, that's just kind of the way it's trying to – I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to be realistic about where we're going with this thing because yesterday was just brutal. That was I, – I can live with a three-point loss. I can live with a two-point loss. I can live with a one-point loss going, you know, it's a tweak here. It's one play there. It's two plays there. They can do this. They can get this thing done. But yesterday was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. The, the bad thing is, is that tweaking – isn't the word that we need to use right now. It's fix. Yeah, it's fixed. And and that's wrong. I, I don't understand how, how the Browns ended up here. That's that's the thing. Tweak? Sure, you're always going to tweak. But we thought this defense, and I, I, think, I think every Browns fan probably did, that this defense was going to be pretty good this year. I know I did. I thought it could be a really good defense. I had a buddy of mine, my buddy Dave. Dave's a pretty smart guy. Just ask him. But he's, he made a point when I was talking to him today, and he said he said this, and I thought, that's a great point. You brought in all these guys who are pretty pretty fleet of foot on defense, correct? You got pretty good pretty good team speed on that D. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you turning them loose? Why are you why are you not really playing an aggressive style of defense and maybe playing more of a reactionary defense? At least that's the way it feels. You know, I, I'm no football savant, but I, I agree to them. I, I'm waiting for this defense to become attack. Attack, attack, attack. Who attacks on this defense? Miles Garrett. Who else? I'll wait. Well, I think Jadavian Clowney can when he plays. Okay, I mean, there's so. two. Keep going. I got nothing. Exactly. 
And that's that's tough. That's the tough thing to me. I keep I keep waiting for them to turn JOK loose. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Where where's where's he been? Turn him loose, man. Jeff, can you there there's another play that's bothering me from yesterday and I I was listening to you. And so I didn't see it. I was actually I was I was moving from one spot to another, so I had to listen to the game at that point. It, early on in the game, you know, Brissett has a fourth and one, and they try to sneak it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was, I was hanging on every word you had there. Sorry. I just don't understand. Kind of dance sideways instead of plowing straight ahead. on. Okay, but did he move forward? That looked like the worst spot ever. I, and I, I, I really I still don't. I, I, I mean, really I know mean he that. answered afterwards. I don't want to sound like a homer on that. But he was, he was maybe a foot away from a first down, and I was in talking and doing the thing with Nathan Segura. Right, Nathan said he didn't lose yardage, and Nathan was right. Right, and that's so. So now I'm and, hanging and, on, and I kept asking myself, why are they not challenging the spot? I couldn't figure that out either. Why did? And afterwards, he said uh, they they asked him if they considered challenging the spot, and he came back and said we did, meaning consider it, but. It's hard to overturn those spots. Right. You know when it's even harder? We did. You know when it's even harder to overturn that? When you don't question it? When you don't ask for the challenge. <laughs> like, I don't understand why in that position early on in the game, who cares if Hang you on. lose hey a guys, challenge? press conference brought to you by Nissan and North Olmstead and I-90 Nissan in Sheffield Village. Shop online, bignissan.com. We now go live to Bria for Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. Injury front, Wyatt. Getting some imaging um, on the calf. I'll be able to update that later in the week. Uh, you know, like I talked about after the game, got beat, got beat on offense, defense, special teams. Obviously, got beat. Players and coaches. Um, it's, it's it's you see it on tape. Uh, the game is so the, the margins are razor thin in this game, and and you're three to three there at the end of the first. So you get a great takeaway from our defense, and we don't capitalize with points. Um, and then just moments throughout that game where we just got to pick each other up. Offense, defense, special teams got to play complementary football together to go get a win. And uh, we weren't able to do that yesterday, and that's the frustrating part. Uh, we're watching the tape as we speak. Players are in the meetings as we speak to uh, learn from it. And then and we have to move forward. We have to move forward. We understand what's at stake, uh, especially this week versus a, a really good football team in our division. So uh, we'll do that. We will move forward, um, but uh, I'll answer any questions that you guys have. Thank you, Coach. First one will be from Scott Petrick. Hey, Kevin. How tough is it when it feels like there's new issues each week? I'm thinking especially on defense, and it might feel like the target keeps moving on you. Yeah, I think we're obviously trying to play consistent football. Scott, uh, specific to your question, trying to – play consistent defense. Um, as you know, it's uh, you're going up against some tough attacks and you're going to try and take away their run game or try and take away their pass game and, and they're going to make their plays. Uh, I think we all get that part. But um, I think when we play our, our sound defense uh, we're, and we're limiting big plays, um, I think you, that you're on your way to playing consistent defense. And is Denzel still in the protocol? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Matt Fontana is next. Yeah, Kevin, when you watch the tape with Jacoby, was there anything specific? I mean, that was his worst game of the year, probably. So was there anything that you really noticed that contributed to that yesterday? Yeah, I think, you know, we can't turn the ball over. I think that's that's obvious. Jacoby knows that. Uh, and really, as a team, we have to we have to do way better 
uh, both taking care of the ball and getting the ball. Um, but more than anything, I think Jacoby understands his role and his job is to you know operate in this offense, but ultimately we, we can't turn it over. Again, he, he understands that. And kind of off Scott's question with the defense, it, it seems to be so you know frustrating with things. Would you ever take a step over there or like devote more time to the defense or this is completely on, you know, Joe Woods and, and his staff to get it corrected? No, I mean, I, I, I spent a lot of time with Joe and the defensive staff week to week. So um, we're all working together, tr trying to, trying to get it right. Appreciate it, Matt. Mary Kay Cabot, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Kevin, wondering um, what gives you confidence that you guys will be able to get this turned around and what was your takeaway from Jacoby's message to the team last night? Yeah, I just, I believe in the people we have in that locker room, Mary Kay. I've seen, uh, I've seen us play winning football, offense, defense, special teams with that group. Uh, and then Jacoby's message, you know, he, he's a, he's a leader. He's been through a lot in his career. So I think it's always good when he wants to uh, impart those type of messages to the guys. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Kay. Let's go to Daryl Ryder. Yeah, Kevin, plenty of kind of lined up in the last couple of weeks to take the blame or the accountability for a lot of these issues that have popped up, yourself included. But uh, I guess my question is, what are the tangible solutions to, uh, you know, kind of fix these things? What specifically, Daryl? Oh, just whether it's uh, defense uh, and, and the breakdowns there, whether it's on special teams and lack of execution in key moments, uh, you know, offensively, uh, just in general, what have you come up with to try and really uh, address these uh, these problems? Yeah, I think that's kind of our job week to week, Daryl, where there's always things that you feel like you can improve and really trying to identify those things. Uh, shore up the things that, that you feel like you can improve and accentuate the things that you do well. And I think that's really that evolves throughout the season. I think, uh, you know, you, you feel like you're good at one thing earlier in the season, then, then that maybe tapers off for whatever the reason. You got to adjust to protect that, uh, if you will. I can't get into all the specifics, but I would just tell you from an offense, defense, special teams perspective, you're constantly doing your own self-scout uh, to find out what you do well and what you don't do well. And could you consider uh, potential lineup changes for players that aren't, uh, whether it's uh, doing their assignments or, or whatnot, is that something that's on the table for you right now? Yeah, I really think that's a week-to-week -week thing. You know, you do that each week. You try to put the guys out there that give you the best chance uh, to win, and we'll always do that. Thanks, Gerald. Nate Ulrich, you're up. Hey, Kevin, I know you addressed um... – this issue uh, a little bit after the game, but after reviewing it all, do you wish you would have called more running plays? Yeah, I think obviously when you get out of a game and, and you, you don't come, you know, you lose 38 to 15, you look at a lot of things that you wish you did differently. Um, I think the game, we weren't having as much success as we've had in the, in the past however many games. Uh, and then the game gets to 24 to six with five minutes left in the third. So it's going to force you to play a little bit differently in terms of trying to play catch up. So uh, we go into every game, as you can imagine, uh, wanting to make sure that our guys are touching the ball. Uh, we talk about it throughout the game about what their touches are and th those type of things. It's just sometimes the score and, and the game dictates that you have to play catch up. So, when it comes to you guys not having as much success, like you mentioned, you guys were the number one rushing attack, obviously, heading in. And um, is it just a matter of the Patriots or 
you know, schemed it to take away that strength or you guys lost Wyatt Teller? Um, what happened? Why weren't you as successful as we're used to seeing you? Yeah, I mean, I think you should start with giving them credit. You know, they, uh, I don't know, there weren't fronts necessarily that we didn't foresee. We just, we, uh, we didn't win our one-on-ones consistently enough. Um, so as you know, it's, it's sometimes there's dirty runs that, that happen throughout the course of a game and then you pop one. And uh, yesterday they did a nice job, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep working it, not, not discouraged. Thanks, Nate. We'll go to Tony Grossi. Kevin, back to lineup changes. In two and a half years as coach, you've been very reluctant to make lineup changes other than game scheme things week to week or injury related. Why is that? Your trust in your starting 11 seems to be uh, uh, very strong. Is that a coaching philosophy that you, you know, you've got guys going out there every week uh, and the problems, particularly on defense, continue? Yeah, I don't know. If, no, Tony, I don't think there's some big philosophical thing there. I just think week to week you're trying to put the best 11 out there uh, and then rotational guys, obviously you have – different guys that play different jobs that maybe aren't the quote unquote starting 11. Um, but bottom line is you, you go into every game trying to put the guys on the field that will give you the best chance to win. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. And when you have a, a game now against Baltimore, you're still one and zero in the division. You're one game behind them in the division. And then not to look too far ahead, but Cincinnati after that, at such a critical juncture, are you, more reluctant to make lineup changes because of that or yeah. less reluctant to spark something? Yeah, honestly, Tony, I look at it game to game. I look at the plan we got to put together for Baltimore. It's going to be unique to Baltimore like it always is. Um, and, and you're going to do whatever you need to do to win that game. Jeff Chidell, we'll have our next question. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Grant Delpit was pretty hard on himself yesterday for uh, a two plays in particular, the 31-yard touchdown pass only, and then the short pass that turned into a 53-yard gain. He said he isn't wrapping up. What, what kind of season is he having? What, what can you do to make him better? Yeah, I mean, Grant had some good moments in that game, and then obviously, you know, he's playing man coverage and, and lost his feet, and then we got to get that guy on the ground, as Grant said. So, just got to be consistent with your technique. It's it's uh, fundamentals and, and finish at that point when you're talking about tackling uh, on the long pass play uh, that we had down the seam. Uh, and then, you know, Grant knows this. It's it's you don't just say, "Hey, keep your feet." You just want to talk to him about his technique, talk to him about his feet, his hands, those type of things when you're in man coverage. Thanks, Chef Cam Justice. You're up. Hey, Kevin, I know you guys have talked about leadership now having to be super vocal, a lot of the guys leading by example, but when you're in a place like this where you've lost three straight and there's some frustration maybe building within the team, is there a desire to have more of a push for guys to be leaders, step up as leaders vocally, or maybe you put a little more fire into the guys to keep them grounded? Yeah, I think it's, um, you want everybody to be themselves, Cam, in that regard. Uh, so if they are vocal, you want them to be vocal. Uh, leading by example is really, really important, especially like you mentioned, when, when you're going through, you know, uh, you lost a few in a row and, and you want to come out on the other side. You want examples of guys that are doing it the right way so everybody can can see that. Uh, so guys lead in different ways. We encourage them to lead in different ways. But 
uh, as much as anything, it's a matter of doing and less, uh, and less talking. And when you're cleaning it up, I know you didn't want to give too much away, but do you think that there's more that you can add? You have worked on fundamentals, put that emphasis on there. Joe Woods talked about maybe simplifying some stuff for the time being to get them up to see. Do you think there's more things that you can add to that? Or is it just keeping this up and seeing it actually come to fruition? Yeah, I think I kind of go back to, you're just trying to play consistent defense to your question uh and consistent defense is, is playing sound playing discipline uh, i thought you saw that in moments i mean i thought the run game uh in terms of fitting the runs getting shedding blocks tackling uh was better um we can't give up the big plays that we gave up obviously um so you're just trying to cons find that consistent uh balance thank you kim let's go back to scott patrick Hey, Kevin, when you're in the middle of a three-game losing streak and coming off a game like yesterday, how much is the trust in, like, your processes tested? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important that you look at everything, Scott. Um, I do think you have trust uh, in a lot of what you do, but I, I don't think you can um, ignore uh, anything when you're going through a, a stretch like that. You got to look at everything. You got to look at how you approach practice, how you approach really everything you do, how you game plan, and just make sure you're not missing anything. I think that's important uh, for me to do. I think it's important for our staff to do. And, and you know, push the players. I'll make sure that that their preparation is uh, is truly um, 100% every single week. And what went into the decision to play uh, Taki Taki more than JOK yesterday? Just, again, felt like it was that type of game and, and some of the uh, bigger run uh, fits. Thanks, Scott. Next up, Mary Kay Cabot. Uh, yeah, Kevin, it, it looks like you guys, I mean, or you actually have really tried to push the ball downfield with Jacoby, um, and he's struggling in that area. So, I mean, can you find a way to stretch the field and also not put Jacoby in positions to, I guess, fail so many times on these deep balls? Yeah, I think to your point, Mary Kay, you're trying to you you have to be explosive in the NFL. You got to find ways to make explosive passes and make explosive runs. They can they can come in a bunch of different areas. They can come in different play types. They can come, you know, with throws over the middle of the field, throws outside the numbers. So we're we're constantly searching for those explosives that that present defense is vulnerable to. Um, and Jacoby has shown over the course of his career and over the course of this season, he, he can make those throws. Uh, to those areas. Thank you. Thanks, Mary Kay. We'll take two more. Fred Greetham and then Tony Grossi. Fred? Yeah, Coach, you know, with a three-game streak and nobody in the AFC North really taken, taken hold of the division, you win, you beat the Steelers. I mean, that, that's got to add a sense of urgency that you can, you can turn things around. You still have that in front of you. I mean, do you feel that that sense of urgency going into this week? Yeah, I think the sense of urgency exists, Fred, in, in football, uh, in the NFL with 17 games. It's it's not 162 games. It's not 82 games. It's every single week is just so important. Um, and then you're playing a division opponent this week. So I'm well aware of, of all the things you're, you're stating, uh, but I'm also laser-focused and we will be hyper-focused on putting together a game plan, preparing uh, to go down to Baltimore and, and play our best football. Thanks, Fred. We'll close with Tony Grossi. 
Um, two, two quick things. The first quick thing is uh, Deion Jones was not ready, obviously, to play. Um, is it more likely he would be this week? Yeah, it's definitely more likely. We want to continue to see how he comes along, Tony, from a uh, you know physical and mental standpoint. And after the game, you were asked about Josh Dobbs starting. Let me ask you about relieving during a game to provide a spark. Are you against that? I know last year, Baker's the franchise quarterback and all that, but you're operating with a kind of a temp quarterback right now. Are you as reluctant to seek a spark at that position if it's not performing well? Yeah, you know, I, I won't get into speculative stuff like that, Tony. I just think uh, for us, Jacoby's battling. Um, I know he can play better. I've seen him play better. Uh, he will play better. I, I've seen it. Um, so uh, that's where my focus is. All right, Coach. Thank you very much for the time. Thanks, guys. That's Kevin Stefanski. Press conference brought to us by Nissan of North Olmsted and I-90 Nissan in Sheffield Village. You can shop online at bignissan.com. Talked about explosive plays, Andy. I feel bad even saying anything that's not positive about Jacoby Brissett because he wasn't brought here to be the man. He was brought here to be the backup to the man. Well, that's why I think that last question was super interesting. I think it was interesting, too, by Tony Grossi, where he said, would you bring in a relief pitcher? I would think you need to consider such things. and But I, I take it to where, where Kevin said about explosive plays. Who are your explosive playmakers on this offense? Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Right. Amari Cooper. Okay. Donovan Peoples-Jones has DPJ the potential. DPJ can be. There's a potential there. So there's four guys, basically. Uh, David I'm, Njoku, I think, okay. could be. That's it. But for three of those guys, you've got to have the quarterback get them the ball in the right spot. Yep. And to be perfectly honest, we haven't seen a whole lot of that. You know, when, when Jacoby has been asked to run the game, he's done a fine job. And I, I mean that with all sincerity. When he's been asked to make plays to win the game, he's not gotten it done. No, he hasn't. We, not we, at all. Right. We saw it on three previous interceptions at the mm -hmm. end of the three losses. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, we saw it throughout. Yesterday was really the first time, Andy, that we saw him throughout make mistakes. Would you agree? Yeah, Jeff, if a pitcher, you know, throws three straight home runs and he's getting rocked, you're going to pull him? I do believe so. I, I like, it is I, a different sport. I, I understand. I and I also I believe, and maybe I might be the only person that believes this, that you may have a starting quarterback who's just off on any given day. I think we all can agree Jacoby was off yesterday. <clears throat> he hasn't been off in the other games until you put him in a bad position. And being a bad position for him is making him throw the ball at the end of the game to try to get you into field goal position, which you already were two weeks ago. But I, I just I don't know why coaches are so hung up on the fact that sometimes your quarterback's going to have a bad game. Sometimes your running back's going to have a bad game. You're going to have an offensive line. Like, it's not hard to switch out an offensive lineman if you know he's having a bad game and it's a bad mismatch, right? So sometimes I do think, and I, I the sacred cow is changing out a quarterback, yeah, regardless like, of whether I, he's the starter or the backup or whatever. And you know what? You just say to him, you take the ball from him, and you go, "Hey, look, you're still my guy. We just need something a little bit different here for the second half. We got to figure this thing out, and let's try to. I, I'm trying to save today, but you're still tomorrow. And I don't have a problem with that, even though he's not tomorrow because we know they've invested a lot into Sean Watson. But and, and even that should make it even easier for him to take the ball away from the quarterback at that point. I, I just, 
Yesterday was one of those games that happened. They happen in the NFL. You're going to have games where guys don't play well. I like Jacoby Brissett. He did not play well yesterday, and there were points in the fourth quarter where I was saying, all right, well, just let's see what Josh looks like with his first-team offensive line. And I know he's not running the same reps as him during week. I understand all of that stuff. And so what's the worst that happens? You come back and win and you have a controversy? Who cares? They're just words. And Andy, they're going to yank him in five games anyway. Yes, I, I, I get it. And again, I'm not anti-Jacoby Brissett. But yesterday, he wasn't very good. Well, I don't uh, – there's so many coaches that are like that are just so hesitant to even just uh, – the, the fragile mind of a – no. It's the diff- quarterback should be the smartest guy in the team. And it would be a very different situation than yanking Deshaun Watson or last year yanking Baker Mayfield. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Kevin was asked something about the defense, and obviously the defense has had issues that none of us saw coming, I don't think. You know, just drastic things going wrong most every game. Kevin was asked about spending more time with the D, and he said this. No, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with Joe and the defensive staff week to week, so um, we're all working together trying to trying to get it right. That's Kevin being a good head coach, not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm sure he does spend time with the defense and everything else. I just sit here and I think, how can you guys not be better than this? I, I, I guess it's that's it more than anything, Andy. It's not fixing. I, it's like look at all the talent you guys have over there. You know, you brought in talent. Maybe you didn't bring in the right talent. Maybe the talent's overrated. Maybe the coaching isn't good. I don't know what it is, but I honestly think we all think. I know I do. There's some pretty good talent there, and that it should be the defensive unit should be better than it is, and because it's not. Why? And how can you keep, at least from you know a, a layman's perspective, rolling out the same stuff and expecting it to be different? Yeah, he, this is m- one of my just—it's not an issue with Kevin. Like I think Kevin's a good coach, Jeff. I think Kevin Stefanski's a good coach. I just wonder if sometimes he's making decisions. That may not be all Kevin Stefanski decisions. Yeah, I wonder about that sometimes. Like coach, so, the coach, like everybody screaming for a coaching change on yeah. defense. To me, that's an organizational decision. That's not just on the head coach. Now, maybe Kevin could go to Andrew Barry and ownership and say, "I want to make this move," but to me, that's something that gets figured out by. Yeah, I also by, I don't by everybody. Think, that's a group thing. I think I don't. I don't know. And is. Is Andrew telling him what plays to call? No. I don't think Andrew Barry's telling him what plays. I don't think so, but Paul DePodesta might be because they're an analytically-based team. And I, I say Paul only because, you know, that – He's been there for a while. Well, he's, he's been the, consistent. He's the deep thinker in analytics. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Sh- I'm sure that's what, you know, that's what's going on there. Tyvis Powell oh. works with both Andy and me on the Browns Radio Network. Tyvis coming up. About seven minutes right here on Baskin and Phelps.